0: Am I really greatly blessed? That's the question our Bible teacher is exploring today on Search for Truth, your Bible teaching programme. And your teacher, as usual, is Brian Johnston. I'm thrilled you've been able to join us for today's study, because this series of programmes is about our Christian identity. And once again, Brian will be looking at what the Bible says and bringing us encouragement and reassurance as he discusses this question am I really greatly blessed. Now to Brian.
1: Thanks, John. Waylon Prendergast, aged 37, of Tampa, Florida, committed a spur-of-the-moment robbery while on his way home from a late-night drinking session. A very drunk Mr Prendergast forced his way into a house through an upstairs window which had been left open. Once inside, he filled a suitcase with cash and valuables before setting the living room on fire in order to cover his tracks. He then escaped through the back door and made his way home, laughing all the way. Only when he turned the corner of his own street and discovered three fire engines outside his house did he realise that in his drunkenness he had in fact broken into and set fire to his own property. His later comment was, I had no idea I had so many valuable possessions. While we may not do anything quite that stupid, at least nothing that makes the national newspapers, There are times when all of us as Christians need to stop and reflect, before identifying with Mr Prendergast when he said, I had no idea I had so many valuable possessions. Let's take time now to both identify and identify with the state of extravagant blessedness God has brought us into in Christ. Beyond the physical blessings we enjoy, there's so much more that God has given us through Jesus Christ. As the Apostle Paul wrote in his Bible letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1 from verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace." We'll pause there for a moment and reflect on what Paul, by the Spirit, has just been saying. In a sense, we should read on for the whole section we're reading, from Ephesians 1 and 3 down until verse 14, is one continuous sentence in Paul's original letter. It's almost as if Paul started to list all these blessings and he just couldn't stop. There's an old hymn which encourages us to count our blessings and name them one by one. We can start to do that, and it's good that we do, But we'll surely never get to the end, for we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. And do you think we could ever fathom that depth and sheer wealth of blessing? Let's think about which specific blessings have already been listed by Paul. Actually, we've split our reading into three parts by using the repeated expression to the praise of the glory of his grace. It's worth reflecting for a moment on these words, which Paul uses time and time again here. God has blessed us with this ultimate goal in view, which is that it should all be to the praise of his glorious grace. But just what does that mean? Praise, of course, is a recognition. When we praise someone, we're recognising their achievement. And the biblical word for glory seems to be associated with heaviness, as reflected in when Paul talks about the weight of glory in 2 Corinthians 4. The fact that we are so blessed seems designed to produce in us a recognition of God's profundity or God's gravitas. Interestingly, we'll find that part one of this list of blessings contains blessings which are attributed to God the Father. Do you remember any of the specific ones? Basically, they centre around the fact that he chose us in the timeless, dateless past and lovingly predestined us to be his adopted sons. No wonder they're placed first. They must be among our most fundamental blessings. But we'd best press on now with further thoughts of God's grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. Well, if the first part of this long sentence of Paul's was about blessings we could attribute to the Father, the next part we've just read relates the blessings directly to Christ the Son. Such things as redemption, forgiveness and a wonderful inheritance feature prominently. Of course, all the blessings in all three parts, as we've termed them, are all in Christ. That goes to show us how strongly our new Christian identity should affect the way we view ourselves all the time. Just as a preacher, in concluding his message, may repeat his main point as being the summation of all that he said, so God will finally bring everything, everything that's in view here, into a state of being united under and gathered around Christ. This has always been God's master plan, to sum up all things in Christ, so that Christ should be central and and supreme. To achieve it now is our remit. To achieve it ultimately is our destiny. Sometimes the loss of harmony in our relationships, or the decisions of others to leave the church, or the struggle against illness and loss, can be like a little piece of grit in our shoe. These real difficulties can become our total preoccupation. At times like that, thinking about the bigger picture, which is so loaded with blessing, can help us to restore our perspective. When life seems tough, and when following Christ isn't easy, it's good to get a broader perspective by taking an inventory of our blessings through using a Bible passage like this one, or Psalm 103, where David says, "'Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, "'bless his holy name. "'Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him." As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. If David had been feeling down beforehand, I'm sure his spirit was soon praising God as he reflected on all that God had done for him. But we'd better complete our look at Ephesians chapter 1, at least its listing of blessings from verses 3 through to verse 14, Paul concludes his list like this, from verse 13, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who has given us a pledge of our inheritance, with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. Finally, in this third instalment, the blessings are related to the actions of God the Spirit, as we are reminded of the Spirit's work, inasmuch as we've been sealed in him. The fact that the Holy Spirit is in us is presented here in terms of viewing him as being the guaranteeing deposit of all that's to come, a kind of absolutely wonderful down payment in advance of everything that's yet to come. What a blessing it is to know that we are eternally secure in Christ. We can never lose these great blessings. Someone has said, praise is like a fire that needs fuel. If we're wondering what that means, I think a little glimpse at the next two verses Paul wrote should explain it after recounting all these blessings in Ephesians chapter one, verses three to fourteen. He then says in verse fifteen, "For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists among you and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. For this reason he says. In other words, because of his review of all that wealth of blessing, Paul now has brought to mind so much to be thankful to God for. May we do the same and thank and praise God now for his blessings to us, which are all secured in Christ.
2: we
0: Thanks, Brian, for your talk today. As usual, I repeat the information that I usually give you, that the transcripts of all the talks in this series are available together in book form, and it's got the title A Crisis of Identity. If you'd like a copy, just write in. We'd also be pleased to hear any comments or questions you might have after listening today. I'll be giving you the details in a minute, but the talk you've heard today is also available to download via the internet in audio or text format. And now, to obtain the book, simply ask for A Crisis of Identity. You can do this by email or by post, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. Our email address is sft at info. You may be interested to know that you can listen again to many of these broadcasts off-air, that is by audio podcast or mp3 versions. If you go to www.searchfortruth.podbean.com you can browse the list of uh, talks which you'll see has been sorted into categories to assist you to find what you're looking for. So many thanks once more for the pleasure of your company today and your interest in these talks. Next time, Brian will be looking into the Bible again, discussing the question this time of can it be true that I'm eternally loved? It should prove to be a rewarding study, so I invite you to join us. Until then, it's best wishes from Brian, David, our singers, and me, John. So cheerio, and may God richly bless you.